New King, let's, let's stay in the New King James Version for a moment, please. Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 10 in the New King James Version. Because we're going to kind of wind our way through this and we'll pick it up on Wednesday and so forth. You know how we do. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Y'all have that? It says this, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and watch this, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Okay? So something has been done for you. Do you see that? Everybody understand that something's been done for you. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, let's switch to the Amplified Classic, please. And uh, we'll use what we see here in the Amplified Classic. It says, for it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It, is, it came uh, not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. Keep going. Not because of works, not the fulfillment of the law's demands, lest any man should boast. It is not the result of what anyone can possibly do, so no one can pride himself in, in it or take glory to himself. Now, verse 10. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, Recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us. Predestined, planned beforehand, like it was planned in September. Taking paths which you prepared ahead of time, that same road. That we should walk in them living, what? The good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. We're talking today on the subject of divine arrangements, divine arrangements. Can you say divine arrangements? Father God, thank you so much for giving us opportunity to receive your word. I pray that these, your precious people, that we all have eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to receive what you have for us to receive today. Lord, open our eyes that we may see wondrous things from your word. And God, I pray that there'll be no hindrance or distractions of the word of God flowing. Let the word of God flow freely in this place today and be glorified among your people. And I pray that, Lord, this word would penetrate our hearts and produce in us what you sent it to produce, Father. Have your way in this place. This day we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. All right, you may take your seats. Divine arrangements. Now, as you know, 2022, we've declared it uh, by the Spirit of God as the year of the turnaround. Can you say the year of the turnaround? The year of the turnaround. And so thus, we are in great expectation about God making some miraculous turnarounds in our lives. Can you say amen? amen. Now, I begin to ask because, again, you remember Apostle Derber declared that back in, um, uh, that was October, telling us about this 2022 being a year of the turnaround. And uh, so as my prayer time, I would pray over the next two months, Lord, okay, how is this going to happen? How, what, we, we know you'll turn things around, but how will these turnarounds happen? And I begin to share with you one of the things he gave me was about this being a year of wonderful works. Wonderful works. And you say wonderful works. That means God's going to turn your life around, turn our lives, turn the body of Christ around, turn this nation around, turn this planet around uh, through his wonderful works. Amen? Amen? 
Now, that word wonderful, I gave you, Lord, uh, from uh, the, the dictionary. This, this is the dictionary definition of that word wonderful. Exciting wonder. That's a verb there. Exciting wonder. It's also, it means marvelous. It means astonishing. Admirable. But here's that one that we stick in the middle there. We didn't stick it there. It's right in the dictionary. Unusually good. Unusually good. Y'all remember that? Now, don't let this slip so quickly now. In fact, I want you to really meditate on that over these next 21 days. That God is preparing you and me to handle some unusually good things. Do you know, there's a song, uh, Daryl Coley used to sing this, that he's preparing me for something I can't handle right now. Y'all missed it. Some of y'all don't know Daryl Coley, it doesn't matter. He's preparing me for something I can't handle right now. He's not preparing the something. He's preparing you. The something has already been prepared. Y'all better listen to me in the back. The something has already been prepared. God already has everything laid out, arranged, set up for us, but he has to, has to prepare us for what we cannot handle. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Uh, Isaiah 54, uh, God says this. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. Remember that? Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. He says, because you're going to expand on the left and on the right. So he says, you need to get ready for what, I'm, for what I'm doing in your life. I'm doing it. I'm ready to pour it out, but you can't handle it in your current state. So you've got to get bigger on the inside. Tell your neighbor, you've got to get bigger on the inside. We ask the Lord to increase my capacity to receive what you're saying. Some of, us need, some of us need to increase, and this is what a fast will do. Thank you, Holy Ghost. A fast will increase our spiritual capacity to receive what God will pour out. Remember when Jesus was talking to the disciples in, in Matthew 17, in Mark 9, uh, this young man uh, who had been tormented with the devil? Thank you, Holy Ghost. And his father brought him to the disciples, and they couldn't cast a demon out. And he said, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, he wasn't, we didn't know people preach about talking about this kind of demon, but they had experience with demons already. But he's saying this level, you need to have your, your capacity enlarged. You need to have yourself in tune with the Spirit of God to handle this level that you're dealing with here. So where God's taking us this year, where God's taking us in, in the rest of, rest of our lives, we must have our spiritual capacity enlarged to handle what God is saying and God, God is doing. Glory to God. I was telling my wife this, uh, this was uh, Saturday, yesterday morning, we were having breakfast at Bojangles. Glory God. Some of y'all don't know why we get excited about Bojangles because there's no Bojangles here. So whenever you're in a city and there's a Bojangles, you must. It is tradition. You must go to Bojangles. And I was telling her, I was telling her, now we just found out yesterday there's one, there's one in Ocala, one in Gainesville. We're we taking a day trip. Glory to God. They serve biscuits all day long. Anyway, so... Um, so as we're, uh, we're talking, and I, I, said, I was saying to her, I said, you know, I'm really, I'm really finding myself having to work in my soul to really grasp a hold of what God is saying about me. Because the things God has spoken to me about me are bigger than I can handle. And I guarantee you, if, if God has spoken to you, 
then the things God has spoken to you are bigger than you can handle right now. And you find yourself trying to fathom. You find yourself trying to, trying to conceive. God, how can this thing be? How are you going to do that through me, little old me? And God is saying, yes, little old you, I'm going to do something because little old you is going to get bigger on the inside, big enough to handle what I'm releasing into your life. And we need this time of fasting to handle what God is releasing and saying in our lives because where God's taking you is much greater, is much bigger, is much further than you have even imagined. He will do exceeding abundantly above. Come on. All you and I can ask or think according to the power. That works in us. So we need to get some power percolating on the inside of us. Can you say amen? amen? So God is doing some great things. He's going to do some wonders. Praise God. I'm, I'm wondering all over this place here. Unusually good things. Unusually good. Now remember I taught you on last Sunday. We talked about this uh, the wonderful works of God in Psalm 107. Look at Psalm 107, verse 23 and 24. There's just a little, little review here. Psalm 107, verse 23 and 24. Y'all remember that? It says, those who go down to the sea in ships who do business on great waters. We got excited about that, didn't we? Some of you are shifting yourselves, hopefully, since last Sunday. Business before pleasure, work before pleasure. We're going to do more work than pleasure. Time is out for playing games. We got some business. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, do business till I come. Luke 19, 13. So those who do, those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, just like Peter did when Jesus told Peter, launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a draught. Notice what happens to them. They see the works of the Lord and his wonders. Where? So there are no wonders of God in the shallow end. This year, you are going to have to step out in faith to a point where you're totally dependent on God. I better come over here because they didn't get it. You have to step out on faith to a point where you are totally dependent on God. You've been planning the shallow end so long, comfortable, where you can step in, step out. It's so funny, Sister Laquanda told me last Sunday, I kept saying things like that, and she said those are very things she had planned. Stepping in and stepping out. Playing the shallow end. And God had to prophetically break all that out of her last Sunday. You see? We've been so, so comfortable in our little comfort zones in the shallow end. And there's no major things that can happen in the shallow end of our lives. So you, you got to step out. You got to get out there. You got to get out there so far where you say, well, I'm out here now. I'm out here now, we're going to sink or swim, and by God's grace, we're going to swim. Matter of fact, if you do it right, we're going to walk on the water. God needs some water-walking disciples today. God needs some water-walking Christians, some water-walking saints, not some playing safe comfort zone. He needs some water-walking preachers, water-walking ministers, water-walking teachers, water-walking... Out in the deep. And notice what it says. They see his wonders in the deep. Y'all remember that? So we're going to see God's wonders this year. I will see God's wonders this year. 
Now let's go to the book of Job. Go to the book of Job. Just laying a foundation here. The book of Job. Now I know I preached some of this on Tuesday night, but most of y'all didn't watch it. So it's, all, it's new information to you. That's, that's fine. That makes it easier. If all y'all have watched it, you'll just be sitting there with your legs crossed and your arms folded. Not listening, but since you didn't watch it, you're listening. Job 9. Glory to God. Are you there? I'm going to start at verse 4. <clears throat> says, God is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who has hardened himself against him and prospered? That's a rhetorical question. What's the answer? Come on, y'all. Nobody. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't flex on God and prosper. That's what it says when hard, who hardened himself. Who's going to flex on God and prosper? You, you can't buck God. Saul tried to do that. You remember Saul? Persecutor of the church. And one day he's on the road to Damascus and the Lord knocks him right off his beast. Boom! Said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Do you not know it's hard to kick against the gold, against the prick? Who art thou, Lord? Who, who this? Who is that? That's you, Lord? Yeah, yeah, I'm the one. You've been, you've been hardening yourself against me. See? So you and I will not prosper by trying to rise up against God. How many of you want to prosper? That means I'm, I'm going to have to soften myself to God. I got to soften myself to God. Hallelujah. Look at verse 5. Watch his wonders here. He removes the mountains, and they do not know. When he overturns them in his anger, he shakes the earth out of its place, and its pillars tremble. Verse 7. He commands the sun, and it does not rise. That's up to God, isn't it? He seals off the stars. He can make it black as night all day long. He alone spreads out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He made the bear, Orion, and Plotis. I may not be pronouncing that properly, but you just forgive me for that. And the chambers of the south. It sounds good to y'all, I know. Look at verse 10. He does great things. Come on. Yes, wonders. Now, when my brother was saying about how, you know, he's going to supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, how God's bank account is, is, is unlimited. It doesn't matter what's in your account. You and I are supposed to live by what's in our account. Can I get a witness here? We live by what's in his account. And his account is unlimited. He don't need no FDIC to insure nothing. He don't need no Brinks truck. God knows how to get it to you. If he got to put on the back of a monkey, God can get you whatever you need. Hallelujah. His wonders are without number. So God, praise God. Oh, the Warren got a house. It's L got a house. That's the truth. It's L got a house. I got news for you. God has more houses. <clears throat> Did y'all hear me? I said God has more houses. And just as wondrously as he moved for them, he will move for you. He has wonders without number. 
That's why you and I don't have to be jealous when somebody gets up and testifies about God's goodness and what God, well, no, God's got plenty more. That's why the Bible tells you rejoice within that rejoice. Because if I see God blessing Deacon Robert, I say, God, he, you're on my street. You're coming down my alley. You're coming down my lane, Lord. Get over your little jealousy. No, be humble. Hear thereof and be glad. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together because if he's moving for me, guess what? He'll move for you. He has wonders without number. Can you say hallelujah? Now, wonders without number, but we're talking about divine arrangements. And it's funny because I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, wow, God, this, 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 is, this is profound what you're doing. And he said, well, go back to verse, go back to verse 9. Back to verse 9. It says, he made the bear, Orion, and the Pleiades in the chambers of the south. He said, well, what are those? I said, those are constellations. Well, what are constellations? Arrangements. Why would he stick that in there in this poetic, poetic book? The whole book of Job is a poetic book. Where he, but the, in, in the poetry, there are wisdom nuggets that he pops in there, he sticks in there, he said, check that out. He said he made the bear. Now you studied the bear out. And some will talk about that being the Big Dipper and so forth, part of the Big Dipper. And I, I, I did a lot of reading on it to see what, what is all that, the bear and Orion and Pleiades. And then it says, and the chambers of the south, that talks about those, all the starry chambers that are in space that we don't even get to see in our, in our sky. But there are, con I remember we went to the, to the uh, uh, planetarium here a few weeks ago with the kids uh, here in the school. And man, it was just, it was astounding. I told you, I sat in that planetarium and I began to just cry. I told you, I, I was glad I was sitting up front and none of the kids were sitting around because I'd have been out. See, Manasseh, you laughing. I'm, I'm, I'll get you tomorrow. I was just, I was just like in, in awe seeing how God didn't just, there, there's no big bang. He made the bear. He made Orion. He made all the constellations that we see in, this, in the heavens. What did he do? He divinely arranged all these stars. And, and I, maybe I'll preach one day because I've read about it. They tell a biblical story. All the constellations, they actually tell a biblical story. The story of our redemption is seen in the stars. What the devil has done, he's twisted it and has people, has people doing astrology. People worried about their horoscope. I'm a Pisces and you are Aries. And that's, hey, get out of that stuff. I'm not announcing you as your prophet. Get out of that stuff. That's not of God. That is not of God. Your sign is the cross and the empty tomb. That's all you need to know. The crown, the crown and the throne, those are all the signs you need to know. Okay? 
But those, those constellations, those arrangements tell a biblical story of redemption. The devil always tries to twist and pervert God's things. But God said these are, those constellations are divine arrangements. I set them there. I, at certain times of the year, you see certain things. To show you that I'm arranging. Thank you, Holy Ghost. When Jesus was born, the wise men who studied the stars, they said, we have seen, good God Almighty, boy, we have seen his star in the east. And we have come to worship him. His star. God put his star. God arranged for his star to come over where he was at the exact time that would guide those who sought him to him. God always arranges things in a certain pattern, in a certain order, in a certain way to get us to the right place at the right time. This is what God told me he's doing for us this year. He's getting us to the right place at the right time. Because there are things he has set up for us before the foundation of the world. I don't know if y'all caught a hold of what I said. Before the foundation of the world. Come here, Adam. Adam, what day did you get here? Uh, I got here on day six. Adam, what'd you have to do to get everything ready? Nothing. It was already ready when I got here. Everything was ready when I got here. God was so detailed that he knew I had to put the sun just far enough away not to burn us up but close enough to keep us warm. Divine arrangement. That when the sun would go down by night, the moon would rise by night. Herbs in the field. Beasts. Fish. God put this beautiful garden together and put Adam in what he had arranged for him. So God, thank you, Lord, just like Adam was not a surprise to God because God created him. Go back and put Ephesians 2.10 on the screen. This just came, this just came. Oh, I'm just, I'm just going to flow. Put Ephesians 2.10 back on the screen. Oh, my God, oh, my. For we are his workmanship. Y'all missed it. Adam was God's workmanship created by God. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So just like we are his workmanship, God wasn't surprised when you and I came into the earth. I'll tell you, neighbor, you didn't sneak into the earth. God planned for you to be here and he prearranged everything for your good. God for you. God already has vehicles for you. God already has a spouse for you if you want one. 
Oh, somebody better say, Lord, lead me to my spouse. Lead me. Come on, son. Lord, lead me. He that findeth a wife finds a good thing. That word findeth, findeth literally means discovers. Discovers. God put me in the right place at the right time, and I, I went to church, and what? Well, there she was. Because you want one of them good, good, clean church girls. Somebody say hallelujah. Oh, man. We'll, we'll get as far as we can. So consolation are divine arrangements by God. So God's got some wonderful works for us this year that will bring major turnarounds for God's people. Now go to Joel 2, please. Because I want to bring this out because, you know, preachers, we have a habit of playing with scriptures, you know, playing with, you know, we know how to work the numbers. Just to make a point. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the same thing. I'm not going to abuse the scripture. I'm just going to use the scripture. In Joel chapter 2, glory to God, Joel, just before the book of Amos, you know where Amos is. <laughs> Verse 23. Verse 23, let me know when you get there by saying hallelujah. Now I want you to see something because we're, we're still early in this year, right? We're just nine days in, two Sundays in. But I need you to know how you start determines how your year will go. That's, that's why folk, you know, folk, you know, we don't do the watch night service necessarily. We're in here at midnight. But that's why folk traditionally, they're going to go to church at, you know, midnight, New Year's. They're going to gonna be, gonna be found in church. And that's why you make sure your house is clean on January 1st. That's why, that's why you make sure your clothes are all washed. That's why you eat some black-eyed peas. Come on, somebody say something back to me. These traditions. But what, you're, what, but what you're saying is, what I do at the beginning sets a precedence for the rest of my year. And so these messages we're talking about last Sunday and today, we're talking about setting a precedence for our year. Letting you know what God is doing, but also letting us know what we must do in response. In expectation. So in Joel 2, verse 23, <clears throat> says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has, has what? Giving you the former rain faithfully. And he will. Cause the rain to come down for you. Now notice, you're praising him for what he has, but you're also praising him for what he will. Now it's easy to look back and say, God, thank you for what you did. Thank you for how you blessed me. Thank you for how you opened doors. Thank you for how you made a way. But you got to really use your faith now to praise God for what he will do. But I want you to know today, he will do some things. He says, he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain, the latter rain, when? In the first month. Okay? The threshing floor shall be full of wheat. Now, this sounds like prosperity to me. 
This don't sound like being broke. And the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will, notice this is all future here. I will restore to you the years. Remember, this is all in the first month. The years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army, which I sent among you. Verse 26, watch what's going to happen to your life. I wish two people get excited about this here. You shall eat in plenty. Let me, let me help you, let me help you. He didn't say you shall eat plenty. You shall eat in plenty. We're going to fix eating plenty now. We're not, we're going to back off that eating plenty. Sometimes you eat plenty, eating too much. Just, just look at the neighbor, just look at him. Don't say it, just look at him, just look at him. But we can eat in plenty. Well, there's more than enough. Can you say hallelujah? You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Now be satisfied. That's got some meaning here. That means your your belly full, but you also enjoyed what you ate. Yes. You ever been to a restaurant and it didn't satisfy you? Yes. You ever ate a meal that didn't satisfy you? Yes. My wife and I, we got we we went to a, took a bunch of people out to eat uh, Friday, and we went to a restaurant. It just uh, that, wasn't it. that wasn't it. That wasn't it. I, I want to be satisfied. I mean, I I was full, but I wasn't satisfied because that that food wasn't right. That was, no. Y'all were there. It was, it was, it was. But you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise. Watch this. And you shall praise the name of the Lord your God. Watch this. Who has dealt wondrously with you. This year, God is going to deal wondrously with you. Tell your neighbor, God's going to deal with you this year. Deal with you, we normally think a negative connotation. I'm talking about in a good way, God's going to deal with you this year. You tell your child, your child bad at school. I remember one time, boy, I was, I was in church, Warren, and uh, I was cutting up. I was cutting up. And we had what they called the mother's corner, and we had the deacon's corner. And my mother was sitting, she's first lady, sitting in the mother's corner way over here, and I'm sitting way in the back of the church on the opposite side of the church. And my mama must have caught my eye. I knew it. And I want to tell you, our mama did not play. My mama was not one of them spankers. She was not a spanker. We didn't know what timeout was. Timeout was something in, in sports. Wasn't no talking. We're going to talk to you and reason. Let's come let us reason together, said the Lord. No, it wasn't no reason together. I'm about to give you a reason to cry. And you better not cry. I'm going to give you a reason to cry. My mama caught my eye, boy, and she told me at the church, she said, I'm going to deal with you when I get home. And I thought I was going to be smart. I got home and got, I found me a plate, a plate, a plate, like you eat off. And I, I put it back here. I did. And I thought, and then, and then I went to sleep. Boy, when mama dealt with me, boy, that plate didn't matter, sleep didn't matter. She dealt with me. But God says, when I deal with you, I'm going to do wonders. I'm going to deal wondrously with you, and everything 
has been made or been wrong, I'm gonna make it right for you in your life. I'm gonna give you a, such a supernatural turnaround, you're gonna praise me with all your might. If you believe that, won't you give God a good mighty praise right now? wondrous with, with me this year. Now listen to me on this here. Because God has heard our prayers. And God has heard our praises. Just that little three seconds of praise right there, God heard it. I'm going to tell you, because some of y'all didn't say nothing. You just, well, the ones who praise, God heard your praise. Your praise is a powerful weapon. Phil yes, Baker said all the time, your praise is a powerful weapon. Your praise is a powerful weapon. Write it down. My praise is a powerful weapon. You're going to need that all this year, all this year. You know, and all this oppression that's out there, all this fear about diseases and all this fear about viruses and all this fear about terrorism, all this fear about economic situation, all this fear about all kind of things going on, your praise is going to power you through. you say this morning, man, our praise got to go up. Your praise has the ability to radically shift your situation. When you're praising God, you're not just making noise. Now, you can make a joyful noise, but that noise is not just noise. That noise is a, especially when you give God a Shabbat praise. Children of Israel, man, I'm preaching better than y'all at night. When the children of Israel marched around Jericho, six days they said nothing. Just walking in faith. Walking in faith. Obeying God. But the seventh day, their instruction was to march around seven times. And on the seventh time, you're gonna shout. Now we understand that the seventh time they began to shout. And the Bible says when they shouted, the walls of Jericho came down. Now these walls, I don't know the exact numbers, but these walls were not little, you know, eight-inch concrete walls that we have here. These walls were, were many yards, if not miles wide, so much so that houses were built on these walls. That's where Rahab lived. In a house on the wall. So much so, they had they hosted chariot races on these walls. How does a wall that big fall down by praise? I'm glad you asked. Because when you give out a Shabbat praise, a sincere praise from the bottom of your heart and the depths of your soul, watch this, you release a divine frequency. It'll permeate through molecules. It'll change the molecular structure of a wall. And whatever's been blocking your path, it must come down by the power of your praise. Why don't you give God a shout right now? Walls are coming down. Giants are falling. Everything's turning around. 
Just know it's just for you. Let me show you something. I, I told you I'm, I'm going to use the scripture, right? Second Chronicles 2020. Everybody went to this scripture some point in 2020. Second Chronicles 2020. So they arose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Some of y'all need to catch this right now. Believe in the Lord your God. And you shall be, you remember I preached this. But it says, believe the man of God up here talking to you. And you shall prosper. So when the prophet says, hit your neighbor on the head. I don't want to do that. Well, just don't prosper then. You got to see whatever words come out of the prophet's mouth as prophetic acts. And your obedience to a prophetic instruction, it may make no sense. But God uses the foolish things in this world to confound the wise. So believe his prophets and you shall prosper. Keep going, verse 21. First, no, go, go to verse 22. Go to verse 22. What year is this? So watch this scripture. Watch you hear that this year. Watch you hear this scripture come out this year. Now when they began to sing and to praise. The Lord set ambushes against all your enemies. What's been coming against you in your life? What's been coming against you in your family? What's been coming against you in your body? What's been coming against you in your marriage? What's been coming against you in your finances? What's been coming against you all around? God is setting out bushes against your enemies and they are being defeated right now. Hallelujah! 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 scripture and I know y'all know it but God said he said you better go back and look at verse 21 21 he said yeah look at 21 
And when, they had, when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. He said, do you see the arrangement? In other words, they were not in a random position. They had to get arranged the way I told them to be arranged. They had to get in, thank you, Holy Ghost. When Jesus fed those 5,000 you talked about, he said, first before you feed them, make them sit down in ranks. Arrange them in ranks. In hundreds and in fifties. Because I can't release my supernatural blessing until they are arranged properly. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. In the 18th chapter, boy, boy, good God. 18th chapter of 1 Kings. When Elijah has a showdown with the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove, he didn't say we're just going to do some random sacrifice. He said, no, get all the bullocks, get all the wood, and arrange them in order. And it wasn't until they got everything arranged in order that the fire fell from heaven. If you want the fire of God to fall in your life, if you want God's supernatural vision in your life, you must get arranged the way God tells you to be arranged. So he says, when they went out before the army, that, that was their arrangement. But they didn't go out singing some random song. When a person writes music, they arrange. You don't just have music just all everywhere. You, you arrange. So he said, when they go out, don't just have them go out just talking about hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, praise the Lord. He said, have them go out saying, praise the Lord for his mercy. Now, how in the world that going to change the situation? We don't know. And we don't care. We just do whatever God says do. If he says go home and pack, you go home and pack. If he says call a man, you call a man. If he says stop and do this, you just stop and do this. Why? Because God has arranged things in your favor. And if you and I just obey what he says and do what he tells us to do, then he'll work out the rest. Because when they began to sing, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who had come against, come against who? Who had come against praise. Does Judah mean praise? Every enemy the devil's sending is coming against your praise. He's trying to shut down your thanksgiving, shut down your gratitude, shut down your joy, shut down your dancing, shut down your singing. You used to really praise God. What happened? You used to shout like nobody else. What happened? The enemy has come. Enemy of doubt, enemy of fear, enemy of unbelief, enemy of worry, enemy of anxiety has come in to shut your praise down because he knows if he can shut your praise down, your faith will not work. Somebody 
say it. Say, I refuse, I refuse to lose my praise. Shout out to somebody else. I refuse to lose my praise. Now ask them, you got a minute? You got a minute? Tell them, you, you got a minute? Tell them, praise with me for one minute. Praise with me for one minute. message here, but I got to deal with this here. Because some of you don't realize you're just a praise away. You're just, you're just, you're just a praise away from your breakthrough. Just a praise away from your turnaround. Just a praise away from your miracle. Just a praise away just a praise away from your blessing. Give God a praise right now. The devil's been trying to rock your world. No, you rock his world. The harder he come, the harder you got to praise. Don't give in to him. Don't let him rule you. you say, devil, I got something for you. I got something for you. You think you're going to stop me? You think you're going to slow me down? I got something for you. I'm going to praise God anyhow. I'm going to praise God in spite of. Even if the fig tree don't blossom, yet I will praise. I'm still going to praise him. Oh, God. Y'all sit down. Let me, let me, let me, give, me, give me a few more minutes. I'm not, I'm not going to get through this. But somebody needed, somebody needed that. This, this, I might as well stay here. Just, just give me one more minute. Go to the King James Version and put Joel, J-O-E-L, chapter 1, verse 12. Joel, chapter 1, verse 12. 
I, I want to make sure I don't leave any, any, any of my children behind. I don't want to leave any of my children. I love y'all. I love y'all too much. I don't want to leave anybody behind. I don't, I don't want you to miss it this year. The vine is dried up. And the fig tree languishes. Language means it's just... The pomegranate tree... This is all, now trees are manifestation. That's a tree, trees have fruit. The palm tree also. And the apple tree. Even all the trees of the field are withered. Why? Because joy is withered away from the sons of men. And somebody in here is crying to God, God, why is it taking so long? God, what's wrong? God, what's, what's, what's going to take my, when is going to be my time? And God is saying, it ain't me. It ain't, it ain't me. Your fruit, your manifestation is contingent upon your praise. I already did it. I already did it. Somebody going to praise your way right down the aisle this year. You're going to praise your way into a new set of keys this year. You're going to praise yourself into a suddenly successful business. A suddenly successful business. A suddenly successful plan. Suddenly successful ministry. Remember, that's what turnaround means, right? just give you just a little bit more here. Then we'll pick this up Wednesday night. Because major turnarounds this year will happen not only through his wonderful works, but through divine arrangements. God is arranging the events and encounters ahead of you in order to fulfill his word and his promises. I need you to hear that. God is arranging events and encounters ahead of you. Events, which means things are gonna, things are will happen. Not just so happen, they will happen by God's divine arrangement. He's setting up encounters for you. What's an encounter? It's where you meet somebody. Y'all not catching. In other words, some of you, 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 you've been you've been working at things. You've been trying to make things happen. You've been working your your plan, but you need one right connection. God can bring you one right connection. You don't need to know everybody. You just need to know one person. And God knows how to get you at Dunkin' Donuts at the right time. Now, I'm not telling you to go to Dunkin' Donuts, but what I'm telling you, if God puts an unction in you, I don't know why I just feel like today going to Dunkin' Donuts. Just be obedient. Because he might have somebody else in Dunkin' Donuts at the same time. 
and you're sitting there waiting for your coffee or whatever you getting, and you're on the phone talking about business, and the person overhears you, says, hey, what kind of business do you do? Oh, well, man, I've got this complex over here, or I got this contracts over here. I need somebody. Do you know what it? You, yeah, you. Believe his prophet. And he's doing this in order to fulfill his word in general. In other words, there are promises God has made in his word, things God has spoken. That's why God has set everything up. I can take you through. I don't have time to take you through. But God set things up for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem. Why? Because prophecy said he'd be born in Bethlehem. He had to get, he had to get Caesar Augustus in place to tax the whole world and for them to come to Bethlehem so he could be born in Bethlehem. Michael prophesied my son would come out of Egypt. So God had to get him to leave from, from Bethlehem to go to Egypt and arrange to have wise men come and bring him a, boat, a boatload of money so they could survive those years. So his prophetic word could be fulfilled. So not only must God's prophetic word be filled, but his promises to you. There are promises God has made to you. And what he is doing and what he has been doing is he's been setting things up. Things have been arranged. And this year, we're going to walk right into those divine arrangements that God has set up so that those promises that you have prayed for, you have already fasted for some things. You have already sown for some things. You've already vowed vows for something. You've already believed God for some things. He said, this is the year that many, not all of them, many of those things will come to pass this year because I set you up. Let me, let, me, let me give you this here. There's a scripture you all have heard because there are no coincidences in God. In fact, there is no word in the Hebrew language for coincidence. They don't know anything about coincidence. We don't believe in luck. Help me somebody. Nor good fortune. We need the stars to align. No, 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 no. God already arranged the stars. See? We believe in the divine providence of God. That God in his omniscience, in his unlimited knowledge knows how to put you and me in the right place at the right time to get his word fulfilled in our lives. I'll, I'll get into that Wednesday. I'm going to talk about Ruth a little bit on Wednesday night. Psalm number 37 verse 23. Look at what it says here. The steps of a good man. Do I have a few good men here? Any good men? Raise your hand. Let me see any good men. All right, women, you can go ahead. Any, any good women in here in this place? 
Now, don't lie to me. If you ain't good, don't say you're good. And you ain't. I'm just, I'm only kidding. I'm kidding you. I'm kidding you. But I'm good. Why am I good? Because God made me good. It's not the goodness of my own. God made us good. We're saved by his grace through faith. Not of our works. As anyone should boast. So that goodness is put upon us by Father God. That's why I want you to really go back. I taught on this before Christmas about righteousness. So I'm qualified for this scripture. He made me righteous. Not, my, not by my works. I'm righteous by his works. So I qualify for this verse. What does it say? The steps of a good man are what? Ordered. Ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. God delights in our way. Remember in the book of Proverbs when wisdom's talking and wisdom was saying, wisdom saying my delight was with the sons of men. I was there. I think it's Proverbs chapter 8. He says as a master craftsman. He said, watching and seeing what God was doing, he said, and wisdom said, she said, we really say, she says, my delight was with the sons of men. So God, Psalm number eight, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him? So God is so, if you allow this word, engrossed in our lives. Your Bible says this, the Lord has been mindful of us. He thinks about us. My wife and I, for our four children, we try to plan out everything for them. Just, we got to set them in order. We gonna, you're going to do this, and when you turn this age, you're going to do this. And we lay this thing out here, and uh, no, you don't have a choice on that. You're going to do this, do this. Or if we give you choices, it's choices that we've already set aside. You can choose that or that, but we've laid out because, because we know the expected end we have for them. much more our father who knows the end he has expected for us so what he remember thank you Holy Ghost in the 46th chapter of Isaiah he says put up Isaiah 46 and verse uh, 10 glory to God I'll come back here Isaiah 46 verse 10 declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done so God declares the end from the beginning. So God, you weren't born, and then God said, okay, let me come up with a plan. You didn't turn eight, and God said, okay, let me figure out what I'm going to do when they turn ten. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, in the uh, 139th Psalm, when it talks about us being fearfully and wonderfully made, it goes on to say that all of our days were written before we lived any one of them. So God already pre-planned our lives, predestined us to something good. So he's already pre-arranged a good life for us. Remember we read that in Ephesians 2.10 Amplified. Now we go back here to Psalm 37, 23. Psalm 37, 23, put it on the back of the screen. Watch this. Watch this. Remember he declared the end from the beginning. The steps of a good man and woman are ordered by the Lord. Remember, God spoke the end from the beginning. So when you and I were born, 
He ordered our steps. Oh, God, y'all better catch. I'm going to try to say this. Oh, God. Not based on your goodness, because none of us are born good. We weren't born good. We weren't, we weren't born good. We weren't born good. But based on his plan. God somehow got my father from Alabama and my mother from Georgia to hook up. To produce me. Now, on the side, they got Warren and William and Leslie and Julius. But they, it, was, it was to produce... <laughs> It was to produce me. Right? If it had been nobody but me, God would have still gotten my daddy from Alabama, my mom from Georgia, to produce me. They get the benefit of God's plan for my life. Right? I'm messing with my brother. So, so God planned everything out. So he orders our steps. So I want you to catch this. Even before you were born again, before you knew him, he was already ordering your steps. Because you know, you know, you should have, could have, would have been killed. You should have, could have, would have been caught up. But you said, you know what? Something in me telling me to go over here. Yeah, it was something in you. It was the Lord ordering your steps. When you didn't even know it was the Lord ordering your steps. So now that we're born again, now that we can hear God, we, his sheep, we hear his voice. The voice of a stranger we will not follow. Now he orders our steps and he delights in our way. Now watch this. That word ordered is a Hebrew word kun. K-U-W-N. Kun. Watch what that word means. To be prepared. Be arranged. I don't need to finish the part, the rest of it, because I just wanted to see that one word. Arranged. So the Lord, oh yeah, I know profile. You like y'all like furnished. I mean, God already laid everything out for you before you got here, you already had you set up. But I want to emphasize this part here, arrange. He's arranged your steps. How did you, some of y'all aren't from St. Petersburg. How did you end up in St. Petersburg? You think it was accidental? No, the Lord's ordered your steps. How did you get to this ministry? Oh, Lord. God arranged it. Some of y'all got dropped off here. Somebody invited you to come to my church. It's the greatest church in the world. Came the greatest church in the world. They, they came, dropped you off, they left. You know why they left? Because they weren't thinking that God arranged them to be here. They were thinking, I came to that church because I like that church, and they got a good choir, a good praise team, and the preacher say something. They thinking they just, I went to the church of my choosing and don't understand God arranges. First Corinthians 12, he talks about God has set some in the body. See, God sets some in the body. First apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly uh, teachers and uh, working of miracles and, and, he, and uh, 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 helps and so forth. See, God does these things. So God 
brought you to St. Pete. God, Mac, God arranged for you to meet Annie. He said, sure enough. Think, think about y'all marathon. Think about it. Think, think about how God had to arrange that because you know nobody in the world could put up with you like your spouse puts up with you. God had to arrange that. Because you weren't thinking like that. See? Now what's happening? If you begin to see that in those little things, then you begin to make allowance for God now to lead you all the way. I'll get into that Wednesday night. So the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. That word order means to be arranged. We see that same word, that same Hebrew word kun in another verse. Proverbs 16 verse 9. Now watch this. It's going to be big this year. I'm, I'm going to stop right after this verse. Is that okay? Proverbs 16, verse 9. A man's heart plans his way. I got a one-year plan. I got a five-year plan. And I got my 10-year plan of what I'm, I'm going to do. And I'm planning on in July. I'm doing this. I'm planning on in next November. We're going to do this. A man's heart plans his way. And there's, not, there's no, nothing wrong with planning. In fact, we should plan. Planning brings, brings um, a order to chaos. Planning is good. You ought to buy a planner or use that expensive computer you carry around in your hand every day. For more than Instagram. There's planners on there. But I must be willing to allow the Lord to direct my steps. That word direct is kun. Arrange. Now here's what, I'm, what, what just came to me. And I'll deal with it in detail on Wednesday night. When you and I Walk with God. I mean, get serious. Get serious, serious, serious about walking with God. What will happen, Deke, is that the plans we make will be in conformity to God's will. This is where he just interrupted me right there. Our plans, you know the Bible says in Psalm 37, verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. What that, what that means in reality is if I delight in him, he will put desires in me. He will cause me to desire a thing. So it's not just me wanting this and wanting that. It's that God puts something. Why? Because he's directing my steps. So there are things that you desire today that are there because God put those desires in you. In the seventh chapter of Acts, the Bible says about Moses that one day it entered into his heart to go check on his brethren. It wasn't his idea. God had arranged Moses to grow up in Pharaoh's house. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Wow. 
And then when he kind of moved ahead, he's out there and the Bible says, God, it entered into his heart. That's how thoughts work. Thoughts enter into your heart. What happened? It's God arranging his steps. Saying, Moses, there's a calling in your life. Go check on your people. He don't know why. He doesn't know it's God. He doesn't meet God till he's out there on the backside of a desert. In front of a burning bush. He doesn't know it's God. God's telling him, go check on your brother. Are y'all catching this here? I'm going to let y'all go right now. Go back to Proverbs 69. Because God, here's what he's telling me to tell you. Let him in on your plans. That's somebody's word right now. Let him in on your plans as a senior partner with the freedom to adjust change. He, he, he wants you to plan. He wants you to be active, but he said, okay, let me in. Let me breathe on that, and I'll show you, okay, make this adjustment over here. And now, now those plans, the Lord will direct your steps. Choop, 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 and get you right there to your expected end. I'm telling you, this next 21 days, if we will give it our everything, it is going to change our lives, this ministry, and everything that we believe God for even outside this ministry. This world, this city, the body of Christ, God was going to move in such a dynamic way because time's up on the devil. Time's up. We've reached nearly what the Bible calls the end of the time of the Gentiles. One of the prophets prophesied the other night, preached about the church age is over. We've stepped into the kingdom age. See, so we're now, we have to allow God to direct our steps. Now, if you come back Wednesday, I'm going to show you how to do that. I don't have time to go through it today. I, I could preach till 4 o'clock, but I figure y'all can go and eat as much as you can today. Come on, stand to your feet. Give God a praise right now. Y'all going to go eat as much as you can, get everything, get your belly full like camels. Trying to stock up for the next 21 days. I know it's the truth. I know that's the plan. Did y'all get anything out of this today? I know this is not classic textbook preaching, but if you just allow what God has released in here today, uh, it's going to, I believe it's going to be a blessing to every one of our lives. Amen. You're not here by accident. You're not in this earth by accident. You're not visiting with us today by accident. You're not part of this ministry. You're not in this state. In Acts 17, 26, the Bible says that God predetermined the 
times that we'd be here in the boundaries of our dwellings. It means God, before you were born, already knew what time you were going to be here. Not 10 o'clock, I'm talking about the time, the era that you'd be here. And the boundaries of your dwellings. God, God had a place for you in Lakeland. When you got there, they're already building it. <laughs> God's got something arranged for you and for me. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father God, today, thank you so much for the word. Thank you for your people that have received the word. I know that your word says, Father, that we receive the word with meekness. God, that it will change us. It will save our very souls. That if we believe the word, receive the word, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, your word, your word says, that God, it'll work effectively in those who believe it. God, I pray that every one of these, your precious people today, that we all receive the word and believe the word and that it works effectively in every one of us in our lives. I pray, dear God, today that your people will lay hold of the revelation that's brought forth today. Lay hold of all the prophetic instruction. Lay hold of the prophetic challenges of praising you, powering our way through demonic enemy activities through praise and yielding our hearts, our minds, our souls, our spirits to obeying your voice. I pray, Father, that even as we enter this 21 days of fasting and prayer, that, Father, the principal thing will be released to every one of us. That is your wisdom. Wisdom for parents, wisdom for husbands, wisdom for wives, wisdom for entrepreneurs, wisdom for ministers, wisdom, Lord, for students, wisdom for workers, wisdom for every one of us in every capacity. That, God, we will know what to do about every situation. And as we follow the steps that you are directing, we will see supernatural turnarounds in every one of our lives. Supernatural turnarounds in this ministry. Supernatural turnarounds for the body of Christ. And we pray, Father, that this would be a great year of open doors. That as you have set up divine encounters, set up divine events for our favor, that God will walk right into what you have for us. And God, we will see your hand move in our lives. We thank you for this day. And we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name. If you agree, shout amen. Amen. And amen. All right, give God a praise today with your hands clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm so thankful that you all have come out today and been a